Section 43 of Man and Wife. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Saina Qadiani. Man and Wife by Wiki Collins. Seventh scene. Chapter the 38. The News from Glasgow. The letters to Lady London as to Mr. Crumb have been dispatched on Monday. The return of the post might be looked for on Wednesday afternoon at Ham Farm. Sir Patrick and Arnold held more than one private consultation. During the interval on the delicate and difficult subject of admitting Blanche to a knowledge of what had happened, the wise elder advised and the inexperienced junior listened. Think of it, said Sir Patrick, and do it, and Arnold thought of it, and left it undone let those who feel inclined to blame him remember that he had only been married a fortnight it is hard surely after but two weeks possession of your wife to appear before her in the character of an offender on trial and to find that an angel of retribution has been thrown into the bargain by the liberal destiny which bestowed on you the woman whom you adore they were all three at home on the wednesday afternoon looking out for the postman the correspondence delivered included exactly as sir patrick had foreseen a letter from lady lundy further investigation on the far more interesting subject of the expected news from glasgow revealed nothing the lawyer had not answered sir patrick's inquiry by return of post is that a bad sign asked blanche it is a sign that something has happened answered her uncle mr crom is possibly expecting to receive some special information and is waiting on the chance of being able to communicate it we must hope my dear in tomorrow's post open lady lundy's letter in the meantime said blanche are you sure it is for you and not for me there was no doubt about it her ladyship's reply was ominously addressed to her ladyship's brother-in-law i know what that means said blanche eyeing her uncle eagerly while he was reading the letter if you mention anne's name you insult my stepmother i have mentioned it freely lady lundy is mortally offended with me rash judgment of youth a lady who takes a dignified attitude in a family emergency is never mortally offended she is only deeply grieved lady lundy took a dignified attitude i well know wrote these estimable and christian women that i have been all along regarded in the light of an intruder by the family connections of my late beloved husband but i was hardly prepared to find myself entirely shut out from all domestic confidence at a time when some serious domestic catastrophe has but too evidently taken place i have no desire dear sir patrick to intrude feeling it however to be quiet and consistent with a due regard for my own position after what has happened to correspond with blanche i address myself to the head of the family purely in the interest of propriety permit me to ask whether under circumstances which appear to be serious enough to require the recall of my stepdaughter and her husband from their wedding tour you think it decent to keep the widow of the late sir thomas lundy entirely in the dark pray consider this not at all out of regard for me but out of regard for your own position with society curiosity is as you know foreign to my nature but when this dreadful scandal whatever it may be comes out which dear sir patrick it cannot fail to do what will the world think when it asks for lady lundy's opinion and hears that lady lundy knew nothing about it whichever way you may decide i shall take no offence i may possibly be wounded but that won't matter my little round of duties will find me still earnest still cheerful and even if you shut me out my best wishes will find their way never 
nevertheless to hand form may I add without encountering a sneer that the prayers of a lonely woman are offered for the welfare of all well said blanche sir patrick folded up the letter and put it in his pocket you have your stepmother's best wishes my dear having answered in those terms he bowed to his niece with his best grace and walked out of the room do i think it decent he repeated to himself as he closed the door to leave the widow of the late sir thomas london in the dark when a lady's temper is a little ruffled i think it more than decent i think it absolutely desirable to let that lady have the last word he went into the library and dropped his sister-in-law's remonstrance into a box labelled unanswered letters having got rid of it in that way he hummed his favourite little scotcher and put on his hat and went out to sun himself in the garden meanwhile blanche was not quite satisfied with sir patrick's reply she appealed to her husband there is something wrong she said and my uncle is hiding it from me arnold could have desired no better opportunity than she had offered to him in those words for making the long deferred disclosure to her of the truth he lifted his eyes to blanche's face by an unhappy fatality she was looking charmingly that morning how would she look if he told her the story of the hiding at the inn arnold was still in love with her and arnold said nothing the next day's post brought not only the anticipated letter from mr crumb but an unexpected glasgow newspaper as well this time blanche had no reason to complain that her uncle kept his correspondence a secret from her after reading the lawyer's letter with an interest and agitation which showed that the contents had taken him by surprise he handed it to arnold and his niece bad news dear he said we must share it together after acknowledging the receipt of sir patrick's letter of inquiry mr crumb began by stating all that he knew of miss sylvester's movements dating from the time when she had left the ship's head hotel about a fortnight since he had received a letter from her informing him that she had found a suitable place of residence in a village near glasgow feeling a strong interest in miss sylvester mr crumb had visited her some few days afterward he had satisfied himself that she was lodging with respectable people and was as comfortably suited as circumstances would permit for a week more he had heard nothing from the lady at the expiration of that time he had received a letter from her telling him that she had read something in a glasgow newspaper of that day's date which seriously concerned herself and which would oblige her to travel northward immediately as fast as her strength would permit at a later period when she would be more certain of her own movements she engaged to write again and let mr crumb know where he might communicate with her if necessary in the meantime she could only thank him for his kindness and beg him to take care of any letters or messages which might be left for her since the receipt of this communication the lawyer had heard nothing further he had waited for the morning's post in the hope of being able to report that he had received some further intelligence the hope had not been realized he had now stated all that he knew himself thus far and he had forwarded a copy of the newspaper alluded to by miss sylvester on the chance that an examination of it by sir patrick might possibly lead to further discovery in conclusion he pledged himself to write again the moment he had any information to send blanche snatched up the newspaper and opened it let me look she said i can find what and so here if anybody can she ran her eye eagerly over column after column and page after page and dropped the newspaper on her lap with a gesture of despair nothing she exclaimed nothing anywhere that i can see to interest in nothing to interest anybody except lady Lundy she went on brushing the newspaper off her lap it turns out to be all true arnold at swan haven geoffrey delamayn is going to marry mrs glenarm what 
cried arnold the idea instantly flashing on him that this was the news which anne had seen sir patrick gave him a warning look and picked up the newspaper from the floor i may as well run through it blanche and make quite sure that you have missed nothing he said the report to which blanche had referred was among the paragraphs arranged under the heading of fashionable news a matrimonial alliance the glasgow journal announced was in prospect between the honourable geoffrey delamain and the lovely and accomplished relict of the late matthew glenarm s formerly miss newenden the marriage would in all probability be solemnized in scotland before the end of the present autumn and the wedding breakfast it was whispered would collect a large and fashionable party at swanhaven lodge sir patrick handed the newspaper silently to arnold it was plain to anyone who knew anne sylvester's story that those were the words which had found their fatal way to her in her place of rest the inference that followed seemed to be hardly less clear but one intelligible object in the opinion of sir patrick could be at the end of her journey to the north the deserted woman had rallied the last relics of her old energy and had devoted herself to the desperate purpose of stopping the marriage of mrs glenarm blanche was the first to break the silence it seems like a fatality she said perpetual failure perpetual disappointment are anne and i doomed never to meet again she looked at her uncle sir patrick showed none of his customary cheerfulness in the face of disaster she has promised to write to mr crom he said and mr crom has promised to let us know when he hears from her that is the only prospect before us we must accept it as resignedly as we can blanche wandered out listlessly among the flowers in the conservatory sir patrick made no secrets of the impression produced upon him by mr crom's letter when he and arnold were left alone there is no denying he said that matters have taken a very serious turn. my plans and calculations are all thrown out it is impossible to foresee what new mischief may not come of it if those two women meet or what desperate act the man may not commit if he finds himself driven to the wall as things are i own frankly i don't know what to do next a great light of the presbyterian church he added with a momentary outbreak of his rhythmical humor once declared in my hearing that the invention of printing was nothing more less than a proof of the intellectual activity of the devil upon my honor i feel for the first time in my life inclined to agree with him he mechanically took up the glasgow journal which arnold had laid aside while he spoke what is this he exclaimed as the name caught his eye in the first line of the newspaper at which he happened to look mrs glenarm again are they turning the iron man's widow into a public character there the name of the widow was unquestionably figuring for the second time in type in a letter of the gossiping sort supplied by an occasional correspondent and distinguished by the title of sayings and doings in the north after tattling pleasantly of the prospects of the shooting season of the fashions from paris of an accident to a tourist and of a scandal in the scottish kirk the writer proceeded to the narrative of a case of interest relating to a marriage in the sphere known in the language of footmen as the sphere of high life considerable sensation the correspondent announced had been caused in perth and its neighbourhood by the exposure of an anonymous attempt at extortion of which a lady of distinction had lately been made the object as her name had already been publicly mentioned in an application to the magistrates there could be no impropriety in stating that the lady in question was mrs glenarm whose approaching union with the honourable geoffrey de Lamain was alluded to in another column of the journal mrs glenarm had it appeared received an anonymous letter on the first day of her arrival as guest at the house of a friend residing in the neighbourhood of perth 
the letter warned her that there was an obstacle of which she was herself probably not aware in the way of her projected marriage with mr geoffrey delamay that gentleman had seriously compromised himself with another lady and the lady would oppose his marriage to mrs glenarm with proof in writing to produce in support of her claim the proof was contained in two letters exchanged between the parties and signed by their names and the correspondence was placed at mrs glenarm's disposal on two conditions as follows first that she should offer a sufficiently liberal price to induce the present possessor of the letters to part with them secondly that she should consent to adopt such a method of paying the money as should satisfy the person that he was in no danger of finding himself brought within reach of the law the answer to these two proposals was directed to be made through the medium of an advertisement in the local newspaper distinguished by this address to a friend in the dark certain terms of expression and one or two mistakes in spelling pointed to this insolent letter as being in all probability the production of a scotchman in the lower ranks of life mrs glenarm had at once shown it to her nearest relative captain newton the captain had sought legal advice in perth it had been decided after due consideration to insert the advertisement demanded and to take measures to entrap the writer of the letter into revealing himself without it is needless to add allowing the fellow really to profit by his attempted act of extortion the cunning of the friend in the dark whoever he might be had on trying the proposed experiment proved to be more than a match for the lawyers he had successfully eluded not only the snare first set for him but others subsequently laid a second and a third anonymous letter one more impudent than the other had been received by mrs glenarm assuring that lady and the friends who were acting for her that they were only wasting time and raising the price which would be asked for the correspondence by the course they were taking captain knew and then had thereupon in default of knowing what other course to pursue appealed publicly to the city magistrates and a reward had been offered under the sanction of the municipal authorities for the discovery of the man this proceeding also having proved quiet fruitless it was understood that the captain had arranged with the concurrence of his english solicitors to place the matter in the hands of an experienced officer of the london police here so far as a newspaper correspondent was aware the affair rested for the present it was only necessary to add that mrs glenarm had left the neighborhood of perth in order to escape further annoyance and had placed herself under the protection of friends in another part of the country mr geoffrey de Lamain, whose fair fame had been assailed it was needless the correspondent added in parenthesis to say how groundlessly was understood to have expressed not only the indignation natural under the circumstances but also his extreme regret at not finding himself in a position to aid captain newenden's efforts to bring the anonymous slanderer to justice the honorable gentleman was as the sporting public were well aware then in course of strict training for his forthcoming appearance at the fulham foot race so important was it considered that his mind should not be harassed by annoyances in his present responsible position that his trainer and his principal backers had thought it desirable to hasten his removal to the neighborhood of fulham where the exercises which were to prepare him for the race were now being continued on the spot the mystery seems to thicken said arnold quite the contrary returned sir patrick briskly the mystery is clearing fast thanks to the glasgow newspaper i shall be spared the trouble of dealing with bishop for the stolen letter miss sylvester has gone to perth to recover her correspondence with geoffrey delamay do you think she would recognize it said arnold pointing to the newspaper in the account given of it here certainly and she could hardly fail in my opinion to get a step farther than that unless i am entirely mistaken the authorship of the anonymous letters has not mystified her 
how could she guess at that in this way as i think whatever she may have previously thought she must suspect by this time that the missing correspondence has been stolen and not lost now there are only two persons whom she can think of as probably guilty of the theft mrs inchbare or bishop rings the newspaper description of the style of the anonymous letters declares it to be the style of a scotchman in the lower rank of the life in other words points plainly to bishop Briggs. you see that very well now suppose she recovers the stolen property what is likely to happen then she will be more or less than woman if she doesn't make her way next provided with her proofs in writing to mrs glenarm she may innocently help or she may innocently frustrate the end we have in view either way our course is clear before us again our interest in communicating with miss sylvester remains precisely the same interest that it was before we received the glasgow newspaper i propose to wait till sunday on the chance that mr crumb may write again if we don't hear from him i shall start for scotland on monday morning and take my chance of finding my way to miss sylvester through mrs glenarm leaving me behind leaving you behind somebody must stay with blanche after having only been a fortnight married must i remind you of that don't you think mr crom will write before monday it is such a fortunate circumstance for us if he does write that i don't venture to anticipate it you are down on our luck sir i detest slang arnold but slang i own expresses my state of mind in this instance with an accuracy which almost reconciles me to the use of it for once in a way everybody's luck turned sooner or later persisted arnold i can't help thinking our luck is on the turn at last would you mind taking a bet sir patrick apply at the stables i leave betting as i leave cleaning the horses to my groom with that crab answer he closed the conversation for the day the hours passed and time brought the post again in due course and the post decided in arnold's favour sir patrick's want of confidence in the favouring patronage of fortune was practically rebuked by the arrival of a second letter from the glasgow lawyer on the next day i have the pleasure of announcing mr crom wrote that i have heard from miss sylvester by the next postal delivery ensuing after i had dispatched my letter to ham farm she writes very briefly to inform me that she has decided on establishing her next place of residence in london the reason assigned for taking this step which is certainly did not contemplate when i last saw her is that she finds herself approaching the end of her pecuniary resources having already decided on adopting as a means of living the calling of a concert singer she has arranged to place her interests in the hands of an old friend of her late mother who appears to have belonged also to the musical profession a dramatic and musical agent long established in the metropolis and well known to her as a trustworthy and respectable man she sends me the name and address of this person a copy of which you will find on the enclosed slip of paper in the event of my having occasion to write to her before she is settled in london this is the whole substance of her letter i have only to add that it does not contain the slightest allusion to the nature of the errand on which she left glasgow sir patrick happened to be alone when he opened mr crom's letter his first proceeding after reading it was to consult the railway timetable hanging in the hall having done this he returned to the library wrote a short note of inquiry addressed to the musical agent and rang the bell miss sylvester is expected in london duncan i want a discreet person to communicate with her you are the person duncan bowed sir patrick handed him the note if you start at once you will be in time to catch the train 
go to that address and inquire for miss sylvester if she has arrived give her my compliments and say i will have the honor of calling on her on mr brinkworth's behalf at the earliest date which she may find it convenient to appoint be quick about it and you will have time to get back before the last train have mr and mrs brinkworth returned from their drive no sir patrick pending the return of arnold and blanche sir patrick looked at mr crumb's letter for the second time he was not quite satisfied that the pecuniary motive was really the motive at the bottom of anne's journey south remembering that geoffrey's trainers had removed him to the neighborhood of london he was inclined to doubt whether some serious quarrel had not taken place between anne and mrs glenarm and whether some direct appeal to geoffrey himself might not be in contemplation as a result in that event sir patrick's advice and assistance would be placed without scruple at miss sylvester's disposal by asserting her claim in opposition to the claim of mrs glenarm she was also asserting herself to be an unmarried woman and was thus serving blanche's interest as well as her own i owe it to blanche to help her thought sir patrick and i owe it to myself to bring geoffrey delamain to a day of reckoning if i can the barking of the dogs in the yard announced the return of the carriage sir patrick went out to meet arnold and blanche at the gate and tell them the news punctual to the time at which he was expected the discreet duncan reappeared with a note from the musical agent miss sylvester had not yet reached london but she was expected to arrive not later than tuesday in the ensuing week the agent had already been favored with her instructions to pay the strictest attention to any commands received from sir patrick Lundy. he would take care that sir patrick's message should be given to miss sylvester as soon as she arrived at last then there was news to be relied on at last there was a prospect of seeing her blanche was radiant with happiness arnold was in high spirits for the first time since his return from baden sir patrick tried hard to catch the infection of gaiety from his young friends but to his own surprise not less than to theirs the effort proved fruitless with the tide of events turning decidedly in his favour relieved of the necessity of taking a doubtful journey to scotland assured of obtaining his interview with anne in a few days time he was out of spirits all through the evening still down on our luck exclaimed arnold as he and his host finished their last game of billiards and parted for the night surely we couldn't wish for a more promising prospect than our prospect next week sir patrick laid his hand on arnold's shoulder let us look indulgently together he said in his whimsically grave way at the humiliating spectacle of an old man's folly i feel at this moment arnold as if i would give everything that i possess in the world to have passed over next week and to be landed safely in the time beyond it but why there is the folly i can't tell why with every reason to be in the better spirits than usual i am unaccountably irrationally invincibly depressed what are we to conclude from that am i the object of a supernatural warning of misfortune to come or am i the object of a temporary derangement of the function of the liver there is the question who is to decide it how contemptible is humanity arnold rightly understood give me my candle and let's hope it's the liver end of section forty three